Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hey everybody and welcome into the Penny Bloom Podcast. It is I, Colton Robertson, and I am joined by my favorite Star Wars companions on Earth. We've got Joseph George. What's up, buddy? What up, what up? We've got Miles Buttress. How's it going? I'm doing great. How are you, buddy? Doing good. Ah, dude, so good to hear. Kyler Barnett right there below me on the screen that I can see and you cannot. What's up? What's going on? Ah, dude, so good to see you. So good to see you. We are here for the Mandalorian rewatch. This is what we do. We've been doing it. This is our fifth week. We are fast approaching. Out here. We are fast approaching season two. Oh, I am. Yeah, go ahead. I am so excited. So, hey, when's the when does it come out? The end of August, right? What day though? October thirty. Oh, dude, I am so excited. I come back from a little, uh, little, little journey, a little trip I'm gonna go on. But uh, we come back the day that, or the day before, and I'm so mad because I love when a show comes out right before Mm -hmm. a trip, and I can just watch the shit out of it. Bro, but, I'm but I'm I I can't be mad. Can't be mad. The uh our episode 8 for the Mandalorian rewatch will be dropping the Tuesday before the season 2 premiere. So we we have timed this perfectly out so that weekly we can put these episodes out right into season 2 and we can start doing season 2 breakdowns that following Tuesday if you guys are uh game. I'm so I'm so wait, I thought there was 10 episodes in this first season. There's 8. There's eight. Wow. Right? Well, we really yes, did time. Right. Yeah. Well, we really did time this out good. I guess I should say you. It wasn't we. It was you. But great job. I really sprung this on you guys too. I was like, hey, you guys want to record a podcast within the next week? We're going to commit to this for the next eight weeks. I hope you guys are in. And yeah, well, you were yeah, like, we recorded. It. I mean, if we would have declined, you would have had to. You would have had to double down in a week or something. But I guess uh, I don't know. I'd have, figured, I'd have figured something out. I'd have figured something out. You picked the right group, I guess. I don't think we would have ever said no. No, no. I I knew you guys were in. I like. I I went to three guys. I knew would be like, yeah, when. (laughs) (laughs) So clearly, from that conversation, you guys can tell we love Star Wars. Uh, We are uh, talking the Mandalorian season one, episode five, the Gunslinger, directed by Dave Filoni, written by Dave Filoni. One of the only episodes of the season not written by John Favreau. Overall. How do you feel about this episode, Joseph? I mean, it's kind of a filler, but it's, I mean, it's still the Mandalorian. So I'm still still definitely going to watch it. Every rewatch, I'm not going to cut it. I'm going to keep watching it because every episode's good. It's just on the level that the Mandalorian is at, it wasn't the best episode, I guess. I, I agree with you. When I watched this for the first time, I remember going, everyone thought episode four was the 
was the slowdown. Mm-hmm. Like the kind of like, okay, well they hit, they stopped that run of just an absolute tear of amazing television. I mean, it was still great. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, but it was like fucking phenomenal, phenomenal. Those first three episodes. And then, uh, but for me, season five, I mean, season five, episode five is what really, uh, what really s- slowed it down for me at the, at the first season. Uh, but other than that, this, this season never misses. This is, and this isn't even a miss. This is just the Mandalorian so far at its worst and it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Yeah, yeah. It's That's like good. instead of hitting the bullseye, you hit the twenty. So it's like, eh, you know, exactly. Still yeah, pretty, yeah. Still pretty damn right. good. You get many points. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, overall, it's a, it's a solid episode. It's a solid mm-hmm. episode. Shall we jump into this breakdown? Let's yeah, do it. Let's do it. All right, so we open on Mando in a uh, dogfight with another bounty hunter out in space as he's aboard the Razor Crest, you know. And uh, the hunter says, hand over the child, Mando. I might let you live. Shots are bouncing off the uh, ship, you know. Baby Yoda's all scared. He looks like it anyway. But Mando, you know, he's locked in. He's focused as fuck. And the, uh, the, other, the, the other bounty hunter says, I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. Mando slams on the brakes. The, the other ship passes right over him, scraping the top of his ship. And uh, Mando goes... That's my line. And blast that bitch out the sky. That you can't was, say that. You can't say me, that to him. Tell me that isn't some space motherfucking Batman shit. That's space literally what my notes say. Batman. That is that, what my that notes is, say. That is I'm vengeance. Like that's <laughs> freaking Oh man. It just struck me so hard as that. Just space Batman, man. He's so cuz so little to say. But so much in those words, you know, just that's my fucking line. Yeah, and no, definitely is doing and a whole lot with dead. a whole little. God, what a fucking legend. But uh, Mando has to shut down some of his systems as they've uh, been pretty badly broke down. And he uh, turns on the systems he needs and heads into Moss Eisley Spaceport. I loved seeing this for the first time because I know, know we that's exactly. We that, didn't know they were going to tell that's why this episode, to me, I like it so much. I'm just such a sucker for anything Tatooine. Yeah, that, and that's that's. This is the best I, part of this episode is the fact that it's on Tatooine. Oh yes, give me all of the most icy cantina. But I think uh, I don't know. I grew up like I said with the prequels and like the first one. Like I know it's pretty uh, panned, I guess critically. Most nostalgic movie. Yes, of the absolutely. Movie. That was the first one. That was my introduction. And, like, for a little kid, I'm so impressionable. I'm not thinking this sucks. I'm like, this is freaking awesome. So, like, seeing Tatooine and stuff is just so – it's kind of like Colton said. It's just so nostalgic for me. So I'm just such a sucker for it. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, he, he heads into the spaceport, and we get these shots of him uh, in Tatooine's atmosphere, which I thoroughly enjoyed. It looked beautiful as he's uh, driving over the – or flying over the sand dunes. And uh, he lands, and he hides Baby in the little cupboard that he hides him in, as per usual. And uh, he makes his way off the ship and uh, fires at a couple of pit droids. And we saw the pit droids, which we saw in episode one. And I love I it. love pit droids. I, that's in my notes, too. And I just <laughs> – I love those little things. They're so funny to me. They remind me of the uh, Pixar lamp. Yes. That's – oh, that's always what I thought. Her? Her? Horn? <laughs> it's just, just – it's so, it's so them. Every I time I look at them. Uh, but uh, this sets off the keeper of the droids, uh, Pelly. Uh, she's the uh, – mechanic for this specific garage at the port i suppose and uh she's quite the character i like her a lot she's fun mm-hmm. she's played by uh, amy sedaris have any of you watched uh bojack horseman mm-hmm. no I she's not. uh she's uh 
Oh, Princess Caroline. Really? Yes, yeah, she is. And if you rewatch this episode and listen to her voice, you will immediately tell. Interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's uncanny. But uh, yeah, she's a uh, she's an interesting cat. And uh, I wasn't Mando sure Kazer, what to think what? about her. Honestly, I wasn't sure what to think about her. She well, seems she's good. She seems nice, but then she's also like got an edge about her that's kind of like concerning, I guess. Well, she's she's about that Just money. Wasn't she sure wants which direction. She wants the cash yeah. money. Uh, Mando pays her to fix up his ship and. We were seeing that as giving as he has been with his credits, it's kind of catching up to him because he doesn't have quite enough yet, uh-huh. you know, and he's been pretty lenient about how much he's given out credits. I remember in the last episode how he just like tossed that waitress like a, a pretty hefty payment, I'm assuming, because she was like, oh, yes, I will. I'll get you a flag and a spotchka on the house. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it looks like it's catching up to him. He can't afford this whole thing. And uh, she says it'll be enough for part of the work, not the whole thing. So. Mando's got to find a, a job. He's got to find a job on Tatooine. So where is he gonna go? The cantina gotta be the, the mm. most wretched, the most wretched hive of scum and villainy. He's got to. He's got to. So he's ma- he makes his way through these uh, mean Tatooine streets, and he sees some stormtrooper helmets on spikes. Question: Are the stormtroopers' heads still in these helmets? Good question. I can't imagine. I can't. There's no way. The it could spike, just be like a skull. The spikes the spike were bloody under the helmets, if I do remember. So they I'd imagine are. the heads were there. Maybe it's just a skull right now. Probably not. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Good question. I like I like to think that Tatooine's just that nitty gritty, you know? <laughs> that yeah. nitty gritty. They 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 got they got down to it. They were like, All right, the Empire has fallen. Guess what, stormtroopers? You're dead. We're putting your heads on spikes. We're going to Joffrey Baratheon this bitch. Okay? Take a look, <laughs> Sansa. Um, <laughs> we cut back to the garage where the uh, mechanic is playing a uh, sabacc with her droids, and she hears uh, some rattling around in the ship. She sends one of the pit droids to get her uh, blaster. She makes her way over, and uh, baby baby comes waddling out. All cute as shit. You know the deal. And uh, Oh, he Pelly looks so a, adorable. Oh, dude. The most so cute delicious. he ever looks. And Pelly is like, oh, let Pelly take care of you. Did that bounty hunter leave you all alone on that big, nasty ship? And she uh, comforts the baby and says, I'm going to look after you until the Mandalorian gets back, and then I'm going to charge him extra for watching you. That's Yo, tell works. me that a dream about couple our wouldn't be... Tell me that a dream couple wouldn't be Creel and Pelly. <laughs> tell me that shit Creel wouldn't and, be uh, amazing. Pelly? <laughs> oh, dude, that'd be perfect. Yes, baby Yoda is going to have the dopest set of grandparents that are just so kind. <laughs> oh my goodness uh, Mando makes his way to the uh, cantina you know the one and uh, they perfectly recreated this place you know the, I love the same it. table too mm. same table same setup behind the bar fascinatingly enough droids behind the counter and as I recall in episode 4 C-3PO and R2-D2 try to walk in that bitch and a bartender goes no droids Yeet. so that's interesting. interesting. Okay. Interesting now, time. A lot interesting of droid, uh, droids ride activists. Yeah, I mean, this. well, you see droids doing a lot more shit in this series than you do uh, That's true. really in the original trilogy. Yeah. I mean, you see a lot of droid activity in the prequel trilogy. Yeah, besides obviously. fighting an entire war. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that, that is very true. Yeah, I just thought that was fascinating. And uh, we uh, get some 
pans of all the characters as you do in the Moss Eisley Cantina, and we see the droid unit that Uncle Owen almost bought until it broke, and instead they took R2. You remember that? Yeah. Wow. You see that droid. Yeah. They use that droid, and they, they say, he got fixed up. He's here now. <laughs> and I love, and he still got a mark on him somewhere from where his, uh, from where he like popped and he started smoking and shit. <laughs> the f- they, they, every detail, every detail. Aloni is so good. Oh my gosh. It's insane. It's amazing. It, it really is. And, uh, Mando asks the bartender about jobs and the droid informs him that, uh, the bounty guild doesn't operate on Tatooine anymore, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Uh, considering they have the huts on Tatooine. Hmm. Right? Or, or was just Jabba on Tatooine? I mean... I think it's just Jabba, but I'm pretty sure it's all the huts through that. Yeah, because he was like King Hut. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, some douchebag sitting near nearby goes, uh, think again, Tin Can. And you're like, God, this guy fucking sucks. Look at his earring. Uh, Mando looks over and the guy uh, introduces himself as a uh, Toro Calican. Can't believe he's just chilling in that same seat that Han shot Greedo from. Mm-hmm. So cool. Uh, he, he's, t- Mando takes a seat with the kid and Toro shows him uh, his bounty puck for uh, Fennec Shant. Mando's uh, heard of her. Must be of some notoriety, I suppose. And uh, says, well, good luck with that. <laughs> he's like, how long have you been with the guild, dude? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. He's like, uh, long enough. And he's like, well, clearly not, because this woman is a fucking beast. You should not be fucking with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, if you go after her, you won't make it past sunrise. She's worked for some of the top crime sim- crime syndicates talking like talking about the huts. Like she's she's worked alongside Boba Fett mm-hmm. if she's worked for the huts. True. Which is wild. And uh that's what's most important about this episode for me is that I think it's laying more groundwork for something that's coming in season two with Boba mm. Fett and Fennec Shand. That makes sense. I think, uh, I don't think well, Fennec Shand is dead. You don't? No, no, no way. No, I don't that's, that's dead. why, that's why his body, that's why her body is being approached at the end of the episode. I think Boba Fett's yeah. going to fix her up all droid like. She's going to be like half, half woman, half machine type shit. Like, that's my shit. Like, why, yeah. why would Boba Fett go up? to a dead body and like they show it as like it's very important and then nothing happens the rest of the season like it's it's definitely gonna be a twist there's a theory that maybe uh the way they reveal boba is that uh he's wearing fennec shan's helmet and then he takes it off and it's tamara uh, morrison that would be epic wow yeah i think that'd be be very cool i think that'd be very very cool uh but then I'd also be like, is that Rex? No. <laughs> yeah. uh, could, is this any clone that exists? Cause, is that all uh, of them? Because they all look like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you never you never fucking know. You never know. And uh, as Mando walks away from this kid, Toro's like, fine, I'm a bounty virgin, all right? I've never killed people for money. Please don't judge me. Uh, what a way to describe it. <laughs> I mean, basically, he's like, fine, and like that's like the confession here is like, I've never killed anybody for money. Yeah. Okay, like it, they made him like such a douchebag from the very start. I think they really sat in a room and were like, you know what? How can we make this guy come off as a straight douchebag immediately? Well, have any of you watched The Sopranos? No, no, but I need to. 
there's a character in the Sopranos and I won't give you his name so as to protect his story for you guys a little bit, but uh, there's a character in the show who, uh, who gets in a little over his head. He decides he wants to be a made man. You know, he wants to be in the mafia. So he's going to hold up this poker game, this poker game that is uh, being hosted by a lot of made men, a lot of mafia guys. He's going to hold up this poker game, rob it. And they're going to respect him so much for it that, you know, they let him in. They're gonna, they're gonna, make, they're gonna make him. They're gonna make him a made man. Instead, he gets in over his head. He decides he can shoot these motherfuckers, and ultimately he dies. Yep. Sound I like figured. anybody you know? Sound like hmm. anybody you know? Is interesting that Toro you say Pelican. that. <laughs> I Man. mean, it's a, it's a pretty spot on a. I felt I'm pretty good about it when I when, yeah, I, when no, I, heard this I, I very like. I like it. I like it. He's a very, uh, and that's and I, bounty hunting, organized crime. It's all, it all goes kind of, kind of hand in hand, you know. No, I like uh, it. Toro says that uh, Mando can keep all the money because that's not what he's in it for, you know. He just wants to take down someone big enough to get him in the guild, and uh, Mando's like, "Fucking bet, I'll take all that money," and uh, <laughs> tells him to meet him in half an hour. And uh, Mando heads back to his ship to find that baby is gone. Freaks the fuck out. Adore, like, love it. I'm like, oh yes, he's worried about the baby. I love it. <laughs> Mando yells, "Hey!" Waking up, uh, Pelly, who is napping while Baby Yoda was also napping. Uh, <laughs> Pelly tells him that uh, he's got an awful lot to learn about raising a young one, considering he just left him all alone on a ship and he's very tiny. Which, mm-hmm. uh, frankly, he does. He has plenty to learn. Kind of true. And, uh, is it the equivalent of leaving a baby in a car when it's hot and then it gets really hot inside? Dude, that thing looks like a straight up tin can. But I, I imagine it probably got double sons, bro. Yeah. I mean, I think that Maybe is he's got AC one. though. He's, I mean, in all that, in all that uh, shit, he's yeah. probably got AC. Do Star Wars ships have air conditioning? I've never seen anybody sweat. Asking the important questions, folks. Think about the Millennium Falcon. Like, have you ever seen? sweating inside the falcon yo i bet that 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 room where like luke goes and lays down after he's got his head chopped off in empire strike backs i bet that room's cold as fuck and it feels amazing (laughs) (laughs) i bet you the room where he freaking shoots the gun is probably hot as shit oh you're right what a tangent wherever he's laying down that that looks like a nice little that looks like a nice little cozy area that i'd like to hang out in I'd, i'd just like to be in the millennium falcon it's probably nice and air conditioned uh, <laughs> uh, he makes his way into the ship and he grabs some things as she's talking to him about the repairs and he goes on outside to some speeders to join uh, Toro on their journey and uh, Mando takes a look at the uh, speeders which appear to be janky as fuck and Toro says what do you expect this ain't Corellia and I, <laughs> I was like I like this I like this guy I like, he's growing on me mm-hmm. I love speeders like any speeders content is like just elite to me I can't. I can't get enough of it Yo, and right here when they take off, beautiful. Some of the oh, best speeder work they've ever done. And I like that they, I like that they kind of they show it at the front, and then when they drive off, it's from the behind, and it just looks so. I don't know, yeah. just that look of floating mm. off of the dunes is just crazy. Beautiful, beautiful, and it, it was so Tatooine. It was, mm. it, it reminded me a lot of Luke and his speeder back in Episode Four. You know, yeah, like they, they, they did a really good job of emulating that energy for Tatooine and uh, they slow up their approach as they uh, see, uh, see a couple of Tusken Raiders in the distance with a couple of Banthas 
and uh, Mando informs Toro that Tuscans think they're locals. Everyone else is just trespassing. And uh, I like this. Uh, I like this idea. Are the uh, the Tuscans and Jawas the native Tatooines? God, well, that would just be unfortunate because I would really hate both of those people and their only tat. Wow. Yeah, no. Uh, if those are the two uh, founding groups of Tatooine, I, I hate that planet now. Yeah, no, both of them are, they're both native to Tatooine. They're annoying. I can't stand either of those. Well, this is, this is the first example of, uh, we, we get some humanizing parts of the Tuscans here. Mando Mando chooses not to uh, fight the Tusken Raiders. He's like, yo, we're just going to negotiate with them because they walk up all sneaky, sneaky on Toro. And I love this mm-hmm. reveal that they're just there so nonchalant. The camera, the camera pans to them and they're just kind of standing there like, duh, duh, duh. you know, the deal. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Mando walks up and he does some sign language to speak with them. And he uh, negotiates a deal that allows them to pass through their land. Toro's like, well, what are you going to give him? He's like, give me your binox. He's like, all right, here. And he tosses them to the Tuscan Raiders. He's like, those were brand new. And he's like, yeah, they were. <laughs> I, I just, the the old guy and the young gunslinger vibe that this that this clearly Western-influenced episode of Star Wars oh, yeah. is just excellent. It's just perfect. It's just yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the Western vibes. I know we've talked about this a few episodes in a row now, but. I just, I like that dynamic. It's beautiful. I love it. And uh, they come to a halt when they spot a dewback in the distance. And um, Mando goes to check it out alone, telling Toro to hang back. And he uh, finds the writer of the dewback dead. And uh, as uh, Mando's checking out the body, which I believe is Dave Filoni in the in the costume, by the way, uh, realizes the man was sniped and tells Toro to get the fuck down. <laughs> and uh, sh- shots come firing in from the distance, and it looks super fucking cool, because you can see it the whole time, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, but uh, he Mando takes a hit, and then he takes another hit, and it knocks him down the hill, and uh, he's like, at that range, Beskar held up. And uh, <laughs> Toro's like, but I don't wear any as- I don't wear any Beskar. And Mando's yeah. like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, I tough, just think, tough fucking titty, kid. I think, observation. I think it's so funny that Mando is simultaneously such good, so good at the dad vibes in this episode and so bad. Like, let me just leave Baby Yoda with a stranger. Mm, Mando, come on now, gotta be better than that. And then the other one is he's totally going full dad mode for this bounty hunter virgin just for some <laughs> money. And <laughs> it turns out in the Kinda end that... Yeah, that now it turns out at the end the bounty hunter's scummy, so shocker, and then uh, Baby Yoda actually is okay. <laughs> Thank God, right? Uh, but uh, Mando lays down the plan for this kid. He says they wait for dark because she has the high ground. She'll wait for them to make the first move. She's not dumb enough to move out because why would she do that? She's got the shot. And um, we see uh, Fennec Shand in her fucking cool helmet. And, uh, oh, that scene was cool. That oh, helmet looks so badass. In the, and the optics, and this, uh, the I love the optics of uh, yeah. the sniper. It's just so awesome. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. And uh, this uh, this actress Ming Na Wen is actually uh, the first woman to be a Disney princess because she was Mulan, the original voice of Mulan in the cartoon. She mm-hmm. is uh, in Marvel as uh, Agent Melinda May. Uh, she's a Shield agent, and now she's in Star Wars as Fennec Shand. So she's in all these Red, these three Red, different man. Disney properties. Dang. Uh, big time. 
Yeah, she's fucking cool too. If you have, if you guys ever get a chance to check out Agents of Shield, she's one of my favorite characters in that easily. And uh, we time jump to a nightfall after this, and Toro informs Mando that the sun has gone down, and Mando's like, he's not, he's not responding. He's fucking asleep. Why would, <laughs> why would he respond? He's fucking asleep. And Toro, uh, you know, he talks his dumb shit, draws his weapon. He's like, <laughs> wake up, old guy. What's up, you old fuck? You know, he's all fuckity fuckity. And then, uh. Fuckity fuckity. <laughs> and then, uh, Mando looks up at him. He's like, you done? <laughs> and, and the kid's just like, yep, yep, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's about right. Yeah, I was just, uh, waking you up. You know, you know the deal. I was, you know, being a responsible adult and things like that. And, uh, he tells him to hop on the bike, ride as fast as you can at the rocks, and we'll alternate shots with these flash charges. Mm. It'll blind any scope temporarily. And, uh, combine speed with uh, the flash and they might have a chance and he's like we might have a chance and he's like dude you wanted to do this like <laughs> yeah this like you're gonna have to take a shot if you really want it that bad sorry no not now's not the time to get nervous you weren't just yeah. you weren't just gonna be able to walk up on somebody with a big name like what do you think this was you think you john wilkes booth or something mm-hmm. like nah <laughs> and i mean if this scene doesn't remind you of a video game like this is a oh, perfect so scenario game. like literally they could copy the script, and just throw it on a video game and no everyone would play it. And that's that's what's so cool about this this show, too, is that every single episode feels like a new level in a video game. Oh, like, absolutely. He's just, he's just moving on from mission to mission, you know, and, and there's this overarching plot that, like, is throwing all these problems at him. But, like, ultimately it'll end in that in that fight, that, that face-off. And I love that. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, they head out and they begin firing their flashes – just alternating and forcing Fennec to remove her helmet. And then uh, she fires a bolt straight at Mando Speeder after a uh, failed flash charge from Toro because he's a, he's a fucking idiot. And uh, <laughs> she hits uh, Mando again in the chest and he goes down. Uh, but somehow in this time, Toro got 200 feet and got behind her. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was an incredible <laughs> athletic feat there. He's a fast he's like, boy. Time's up. <laughs> Time's up, Fennec Shand. What's up, baby? <laughs> Why would you and ever she's talk? like, you a... Dude, like... such an idiot. And, and he's, she just bitches him. She bitches him. She <laughs> she throws this knife, hits his gun, it falls out of his hand. She beats the living fuck out of this guy. And then I mean, as she yeah. has him in an arm bar, Mando walks up and he's like, all right, I'm here now. So Fennec, go ahead. Stop your shit. I'm a Mandalorian. You know the deal. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she surrenders and she gets cuffed and... She 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 lures this bait over his head. She says, "A Mandalorian. It's been a long time since I've seen one of your kind. Ever been to Navarro? I hear things didn't go so well there, but it looks like you got off easy." So she's letting this guy know here. I know who you are, and I know you're on the run, and I know you're worth a lot of money. Oh. And even knowing this, and even knowing this, he leaves her with him. Man, I, I really didn't know. So, I mean. Obviously, he had to get back, but like at the same time, like, yeah, yeah. like I don't know. After her saying that, and you know, this dude, it's literally his first time doing this, and you don't think he's gonna be, you know, like, ooh, let me just take this deal because I'm not getting any money from the deal I offered Mando. Yeah, exactly. Know. Yeah, this part kind of confused me a little bit. I don't think Mando had much of a choice. Yeah, I mean, like he did need to get back. He, he yeah, needed he, to get back, so it didn't. He really needed to get matter. back, and he needed to successfully do the mission to get paid. 
Yeah. Exactly. So he, he didn't have much of a choice. It's a yeah. Fuck it. Uh, Tor- Toro talks some more shit here to uh, Fennec, and he's like, "I really should thank you. You're my ticket into the guild and all that bullshit." Because he's a douchebag. <laughs> and they uh, very <laughs> here. I'm not a big fan of Toro. They uh, they make their way to the speeders, and Mando decides that they need that uh, dewback that they saw a while ago for transportation. He uh, tells Toro to get it, but Toro's like uh, the young businessman. You know, he's he's like, "I'll stick with the bounty and the surefire transportation." Thanks, though, guy. <laughs> All right, and um, Mando decides, fine, I'll go, and that's what's surprising to me is that he was like, still like, "All right, I'll go, I'll just leave you here, knowing that you want to get, make a name for yourself and knowing that I have the biggest bounty in the game right now, and yeah. she knows yeah, seems like a little bit of an oversight can't, can't lie. I mean, the only way out of it is him killing Toro, and I don't want him to do that, but like <laughs> I mean, like that's do you really not want only- him to? I mean, like, I, I, I wouldn't be, like, distraught. <laughs> I mean, I'd have been like, said, oh, all right, thanks. I, I mean, I would have been confused. I'd have been I'd have been confused, like, yo, shit, why'd Mando do that? And then I would have followed the exact same line of logic I just did and been like, okay, I guess that was his only option mm-hmm. if he didn't want to give himself up. I mean, he is really just a bad attempt at a rookie Han Solo. I think that's what they were going for. That is, that's exactly what they were going for. But, like, I don't know. Is I don't. It was not like... No, they've, they've actually said that's what they were going for. It's kind of like interesting in the, in the how Han Solo is so, like, charismatic and, like, so um, charming, I guess you can say. He's mm-hmm. a charming douche. Yeah, and yet how awful Toro can seem at times. Yeah. Well, they took, they took Han Solo, removed all the charm, all the experience, and added in more of asshole. And, <laughs> yeah. Completely unlikable. Yeah, okay, yeah. I see it. Well, and that's like that's what's part of this guy's character is he's trying to act like somebody he's not. Clearly, like he's that's trying true. to act yeah. like he's already this bounty hunter. Yeah, like he's trying to act like he's all hard and shit. But like we know he's not hard, and that's what's yeah. that's what's making us not like him. You know, he's not about it. Like, he's not about it. He's not about it yet, and like he, he wants to be about it. But you know what? He's gonna he's gonna lose his shit in this poker game, and he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna fire on the people, and he's gonna end up dying for it. You know, all and right. uh, <laughs> uh. Mando decides, uh, fine, he'll go. He'll go look for the dewback. And he looks in the distance and can see something in his thermal scope. So he's like, that's probably it. And Toro posts up on a speeder after Mando heads out. And we uh, time jump to the uh, sun's coming up. And uh, Fennec decides this is her chance to manipulate Toro. Quite easily, I might add. Uh, and from a business perspective, perspective, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mando being the larger bounty, having a shot out at, uh, having shot out the guild taking the baby now living on the run he's got his hands on a far greater chance of becoming a bigger deal than he does with uh fennec shand yeah it, it makes sense but like it's really dumb if you're if he, we all just you saw what mando's capable of like exactly why? it's like it's it's only dumb because well the the dumb thing he does is right here if he if he actually like accepts her offer and she just like willingly goes back and actually helps him because I think he was right here in saying that if he lets her go, she kills him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, no, she, I she probably does. But, uh, so he also kind of had no choice other than to wait for Mando. Like I, I his, his, uh, his strategy here was just flawed. It was, it was flawed. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, right here she says, uh, your name will be legendary. And I remember seeing this in the uh, trailer that your name will be legendary. So I always thought this name, this would be uh, like directed at the Mandalorian because they always showed it right before the Mandalorian. Cause it was like, your name will be legendary. Boom. The Mandalorian. 
And that was the trailer, you know? And I was like, I was really disappointed when it was actually directed at Toro Calican. <laughs> <laughs> they duped us. I was like, Man, fuck, fuck this guy in his name. <laughs> <laughs> Toro thinks on uh, Fennec's uh, logic and he holsters his pistol. He walks to Fennec. And she sticks out her cuffs thinking she's about to get let go. And I thought so too. And then he just shoots her right in the fucking stomach. It's really brutal. And uh, Yeah, this seemed, he seemed like, I know he seemed kind of douchey, but he at least seemed like a good like guy that was really like trying to be a, like he really had a modest goal, like without, he, he didn't seem very cutthroat, I guess. And then he just caps her and that took me by like complete surprise. Well, that's like, what I'm wow. saying. That's what makes it like the poker game is because he just kind of saw an opportunity, didn't even think, and just did something. And yeah, just totally reaction, like quick to the trigger, I guess. Goodness. Yeah, and uh, he says that if he undoes her cuffs, he dies, and that he's going to go ahead and go after Mando. And uh, wouldn't it have been smarter to wait for Mando to get back than maybe ambush him when he's not suspecting instead of just going back to the ship and taking the baby and the other guy prisoner i don't i don't know but, or if I mean, you're gonna do that why not just like immediately dip as soon as you get back to the ship like yeah you have the bounty yeah you're gonna be a big deal he wanted too much he wanted too much and he died for it got too ambitious uh, indeed indeed uh, mando finds uh fennec when he arrives back on the dewback and uh he's like damn she's dead now i guess i gotta go deal with this fuck so he, uh, he arrives back at the spaceport, weapon drawn, ready for fucking action. He's like, I know Toro's here. I know he's here to fuck me up. So uh, he walks in, and sure enough, there's Toro holding up Baby and Peli. And uh, Mando drops his weapon, raises his hands, the whole deal. And Toro tells him, uh, to- Toro tells Peli to uh, cuff him. He does a whole Bond villain monologue here. He's, he's like, oh, I'm going to be such a big deal now. Look at you, Mando. Dude, the anger the I old- felt. When I saw Toro walk down the freaking catwalk with fucking Baby Yoda, I was immediately irate. Like, I was just like... I said, I paused the television. I paused the television. I looked this man directly in the face. I said, you are not fucking worthy of touching (laughs) Baby Yoda. Toro fucking Calican, your name will be legendary. Fuck you, guy. This dude has some speed hacks, man. He can really travel really fast. Before anyone else gets there, yeah, no shit. Maybe, uh, maybe there's something there. Maybe, uh, maybe Toro's not dead. Maybe Toro's not dead, and Boba's also going to take him under his wing. Maybe, maybe. Hmm. Uh, Toro says that uh, bringing Mando in will make him legendary, and then uh, Mando lets off this uh, flash charge that he had in his hand. showed showed the guy earlier. He showed him his hand, literally, and uh, <laughs> fucking Toro. Fires at that spot, blind as fuck, and Mando steps to the side, shoots him in the face. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean he shot him so like easy. more in the neck, but it looked like it, it looked like it, it should have hit the so face. Easy. You know? Like, yeah, like that was such an easy fix. What's the? Exact I mean, other though, than the fact, wait. other than the fact that Toro falls on the ground and drops baby fucking Yoda. I love that Pelly says when she goes to cuff him, she whispers, "You're smarter than you look," you know. I love that. I yes. thought that was just look dumb. back-to-back episodes with really interesting side characters that kind of helped me go along. Well, I guess it would be – what is that? Not back – well, back-to-back for sure with Omer last episode, but I was thinking of um, – Back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Who's helping Mando this week? It's basically the segment. 
I mean, that's that's uh, that's what all the episodes are. I mean, you got you got all the Mandalorians in episode three. You got Baby Yoda himself in episode two. Quill in episode one and two. IG Eleven in episode one and episode five. You've got the Gunslinger in episode six. You've got all those the uh, other previous people from his crew. Episode seven, you're back with Cara Dune and uh, Grief Karga, and then episode eight, same deal. So like it's. It's always like he's always working with somebody this season. I absolutely know. Yeah, it's interesting. It definitely kind of takes away from the start that we talked about where he seems so independent, like dude himself, no help. Like the town ain't big enough for the two of us kind of vibes. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. he's, He's absolutely dependent on certain people and he's okay with it. Absolutely. For sure. And, uh, you know, Toro, that fuck that he is. As he's dying, he drops Baby Yoda. Ugh. I freaked out. I thought he landed on top of him and smushed him. Oh, I was going to be so pissed. But you know our boy. He's faster than that. And he uh, he made it quick behind a little crate over there, and he hid. Now, I don't know how he did that so fast. Yeah, I was very confused. He must have had the— but uh, he's, always, he's always on them skates, bro. Like, that man is always moving quick, but it never looks like he can move quick. He must have the Toro gene where he just randomly can do <laughs> very incredible athletic feats. Mm-hmm. Toro is Baby Yoda's father, confirmed. Oh uh, boy, <laughs> and and he's a time traveler. Uh, so <laughs> she uh she picks a a Pelly picks up Baby Yoda and she says that was a that was really loud for your big old ears, wasn't it? And I was like, oh, that was so fucking cute. He does really have big ears. Aww. That probably did hurt his ears. Oh, he does have big ears. That would taste so good. Sorry, going oh, okay. oh, fucking dick. I hate you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> sorry. I love you, Justin. I love you, Justin. <laughs> she uh. And, uh, and frankly, I love, I love baby Yoda. So I, my, my immediate gut reaction, anytime someone's like, I'm going to hurt baby Yoda's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. You know, like (laughs) natural reaction for sure. It's a gut reaction, but like, I've got to resist it. I've got to resist it. Uh, because I, no ill will towards Joe, but the fact that he wants to uh, eat baby Yoda kind of makes me want to rip my fucking ears off. Uh, he was dead (laughs) in the first place. I wouldn't kill him. I would just. Take okay, advantage well, of his. That state. might be better. That might be better. Yeah, I definitely think we're going to see that uh, evolve into something more. <laughs> Probably at some point. Probably at some point. And uh, she hands uh, Baby Yoda to Mando, and she says, uh, "I take it you didn't get paid." And then he dumps a whole ton of credits in her hand. And uh, do you think he took these credits off of Fennec Shan's body? I absolutely think so. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think they had to have. I don't know where else he would have gotten it. So uh, I, just, I, I, yeah, I would assume and, the other dude probably had a bunch of credits too. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, but we uh, never like he's just starting out. Like he's kind of a low level kind of dude. Well, he but, says at the beginning of this episode that this is his first job, so he probably doesn't have much at all. He, he probably yeah. doesn't have much, but he probably has enough. So whole yeah, handful. you're probably right. I mean, he got to Tatooine. Yeah, true. From the mid rim, as he says, and. uh she uh, makes her droids get rid of the body, which I thought was fucking hilarious. Take that to the Dune Sea, like Jesus. <laughs> those little dudes. Yeah, they're, those little pit droids. They're going to carry Toro Calican's body out to the Dune Sea. <laughs> pit droids are so underrated. I love those things. I, those are those are like uh, those are like if uh, Ewoks were droids. Talk about storage efficiency too, man. The ability to just shrink down into that little frisbee looking thing. Oh, amazing! <laughs> amazing. And the deploy like method that it. you just press that little eyeball, it's absolutely fantastic. It's so pimp. Oh, I absolutely. love pit droids. Honk if you love pit droids. Uh, 
Mando and Baby take off in the Razor Crest, and that's that. But wait a second. We hear the Spurs walk up. Mm-hmm. We see the boots. Mm-hmm. We see Fennec Shan's body, and we oh, see the cape oh. floating. Oh. We see someone take a knee. Is we know Boba who it Fett? is. We know who it's it Boba is. Fucking bad. It's I'm Boba so fucking excited. Bad. I I hope that happens. That would just be incredible. It has to happen. Miles, let me ask you: How do you think Boba ties in here? Uh, I, you know, if I'm honest, I don't know how he ties in, but I think it's definitely going to be a big uh, plot point for the second season. See, because there are people who do who are in the the camp that think Boba will just uh, pop up for like an episode, like some of the side characters in this first season that we were talking about, and then he'll get his own spinoff thing. But you think that Boba Fett will actually be narratively important to season two? I think he could be just because I mean, clearly he's. I mean, he's. I think that him showing up at the end shows that he either has an interest in uh, Finnick or whatever her name was, um, mm-hmm. or Boba or uh, or the Mandalorian, and that he's following one of them. Okay, so I yeah, think no, with Finnick Shand, um, we talked earlier about how she had been a part of uh, all the crime syndicates. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility to think. Boba Fett and his interaction with the Huts, Fennec Shan's connection to the Huts. I mean, I could see if we're developing that storyline a little bit more with the Huts and some stuff, some crime stuff. You know, oh, that'd be very Fett. fun. That'd be very fun. I think uh, it's a possibility. I mean, what's who's to say he couldn't work even for Moff Gideon and be a part of something like that? I mean, be a hire. He's a, he's a gun for hire. It's not unreasonable to think. We've seen him do things like that before. Absolutely, Boba Fett has no loyalties. This man, he's he's here for he's here for the mighty dollar. He's here for the mighty dollar. Who do you think he is working for? Your best guess, Joe. Give me it. Hmm. I don't. Okay, I don't really think he's going to be a big plot point. So I don't really think. I think it's just going to be like a one or two episodes tops, sort of thing. And it's going to be kind gotcha. of like what the Arrow and Flash sort of collide and then spin off episode or series sort of thing is. But I think it's going to be executed okay. a lot better because it is, you know, one of the best producer and director groups of all time. But if I if I had to make a guess, I mean, I, I think it's kind of obvious that it would be with Moth Gideon. I think it would just tie in really well. Yeah, I'm also going to agree. I think it's Moth just because I think – the huts are so played out, and I don't think they're going to come back. Judging by the trailer, I don't see them coming back to Tatooine, it looks like, at least a lot. Obviously, things could be left out of the trailer, but I just don't feel like – I feel like the huts are kind of played out, I guess, in terms – I feel like they're going to want to keep it with Moff Gideon if they're going to do that. I don't know. I would love to see the huts pop up, but I wouldn't want the huts – to be who's employing Boba Fett, you know. I want Boba Fett to be working for someone new. Yeah, I, uh... I just think you see him. You see, you've, we've seen the Huts in uh, the Clone Wars, and you've also seen him in all the, you know, in the universe in the movies and stuff. So I just, I just think they're going to go away from that. So, do you guys think that if Boba shows up, he will be in opposition of the Mandalorian? Yeah. Yeah, I would love. I would love to see a storyline where somehow, somehow the Mandalorian and Boba Fett are forced to team up. I mean, they don't have – you said it yourself. He has no loyalty. So if Mando has something to offer that's of intrigue. I was going to say that Boba is always going to follow the money, and I don't know any situation where the money's on uh, Mando's side. 
I, you're, I mean, you're right. If, that, that's my yeah. thing is that I think that Boba and uh, if Boba and Mando were to face off, I think it would ultimately result in Boba maybe working with him for a little bit, but betraying him to get the money. Imagine yeah. seeing them fight like back. Like when I say this, I mean like literally like a scene where it's just like back Fist to back gunslinging. Oh my gosh. Oh, like like Iron Man War Machine yes, episode literally. and Iron Man Two. Oh, I, I think I just got it. I think I just got it. Go ahead, Joe. Boba Fett is going to disguise himself as a Mandalorian, coming up to him all friendly, being like, "Hey, I'm a man. I'm one of you guys. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you." He's gonna double cross or cross him, take Baby Yoda, give him back to Moth Gideon. We're gonna think we have no hope left for that dude, and there's gonna be an epic season finale. You uh, you have a very good idea here in that if Mando comes face-to-face with Boba, does Mando respond with, how did you get that armor? Or does he respond with, oh shit, you're another Mandalorian? Because do you think he knows of Boba Fett? I'd imagine Boba Fett's of some uh, – of a if he knows Fennec Shand, he knows Boba Fett. I mean, mm-hmm. but like but like the Jedis are just some wizard sorcerers to them. You know, they're like fairy tales almost. Like they don't really – I mean, at the beginning of, you know, The Mandalorian, they were just kind of like, they've heard stories, they don't know if it, if they're real, all this sort of thing, and I don't know. Would well, be yeah, and that, it, it's also, it's also interesting because this would be five years plus after Return of the Jedi, so mm-hmm. has Boba Fett just gotten out of the Sarlacc pit? Has he been out of the Sarlacc pit for a few years? What's the what's the deal here? How long how long did it take for him to get out of the Sarlacc pit? I guess is the main question I'm asking here. Was he ever in the Sarlacc pit? Did he uh, never get out? And one of his clones took his place, <laughs> saying that he got out. I think that would disappoint me, but it'd be pretty cool. No, it's it's going to be Boba. It's yeah. Is it actually just Rex? Oh, it would be epic. That that would be a thing where I'd be happy if it oh, was so Rex. Good. Rex, I would love to see Rex. So uniting. Oh my oh. god. Well, we don't know what. Oh, I mean, I guess at the end of Clone Clone Wars, and then at the end of Rebels, at the end of Rebels, Ahsoka and Rex go their separate ways, I suppose, because yeah. Rex ends up fighting at the Battle of Endor. Also, but, uh, Rex is like a ninety-year-old man at this point, too. So. Yeah, I mean, like, if, if 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 Captain Rex shows up in The Mandalorian, it's to show him die with Ahsoka. Like, that's that's what it is. Like, if, yeah. if he pops up at all, it's for him and Ahsoka to reunite and then for us to have, like, a peaceful Yoda-type scene with Captain Rex where he just passes on, you know? And uh, and that's sad to think you. about, but I, I think he, I think, like, he earned that with his Clone Wars character. Oh, and yeah. I think Dave, and I think Dave Filoni has enough love for that character because it, that is a Dave Filoni creation, uh, Captain Rex and Ahsoka Tano. Dave, I mean, Ahsoka Tano, that's a product of George Lucas. Oh, and yeah. then taken over by uh, Dave Filoni. But uh, Captain Rex, that is Dave Filoni's uh, creation. So he's he's going to want to give him a send-off, I think, somehow. And I think that will be how they do it, or it will be in that Ahsoka spinoff, whatever they end up doing. Man. Wow. I just can't so- wait. Actions they can take this. It's spooky season. It's right before Halloween. Getting that drop. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, gentlemen, this was most joyful. Most joyful. Uh, Next week, we'll be back for episode six. Mm -hmm. Chapter six. My apologies. Uh, 
I've been Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Mm. Could I maybe tease something real quick? You want to tease something? For next week. You have ideas for next week? I want to hear them. I'm thinking the food has inspired me to go off into non-food items. Or maybe things that make food. As in products. Anything that would benefit off of Baby Yoda branding. Consumerism. Exactly. We're going full consumerism and Baby Yoda themed all next week. And I'm going to go hard on the research, going hard in the paint. Oh, boy. Now, God, now just real quick. Veg- being a vegetarian it- and a hard anti-capitalist, this has been hard for me. <laughs> is it just Baby Yoda branding or are we also incorporating Baby Yoda parts into the products themselves? Like are like, we talking Are we talking uh, Baby Yoda Baby Yoda leather skin purses and shit like that? that. Yeah, like that type of thing. Mm, I was thinking more of like a, you know, like the Pez dispenser I mentioned. Gotcha. Of. Okay. So just branding, no yeah, parts. Yeah. Yeah. Branding yeah. type shit. We're okay. not going to chop like his that. body so we're up, up yet. We're, we're going to give we're going to give Disney ideas. That's that's cool. I <laughs> guess. Uh, cut the check. Cut the check. But uh, this has been the Penny Bloom podcast. Join us again next week for season one, chapter six of The Mandalorian. As always, peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves.